Welcome to the Churchmount Sheepdogs podcast. In this series, I interview handlers and experts from Ireland and indeed from all over the world. And the aim of the series is to spark new ideas for training and trialing for the listener as a result of these conversations. The series is in part sponsored by Away With Dogs, a new sheepdog trial YouTube series. And you can find out more on awaywithdogs.co.uk. called Nigel Watkins earlier this week. Nigel's a fellow I always, you know, I'll always ask him if I want to know a thing or if I'm not sure about something, I'll ask Nigel. You can always depend on him, be good and straight. And this interview is no different. I asked him a few, uh, a few tricky questions here that I mightn't just ask somebody else. I hope you enjoy listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed making it. remember what it was like in 2001 and and the trials were all finished and all and like that time I left sheepdog trials and here I am again now and there's no trials to go. I don't know what to do with myself what did you do when there was no trials for a year like what did you do with your dogs basically they just did farm work at home and you just carried on as normal but you couldn't go anywhere you just did your work at home and um, you were all on restrictions you you were allowed to go off the yard then but you you had to make sure yourself was disinfected and you changed your farm clothes and made sure you were clean. Your boots are all clean and disinfected before you could go, but basically it was stick your head down and keep going. Yeah, well, I know you, you, so you love trialing and, and love having your dogs working right now, but I'm here now and I'm thinking, you know, how do I make a new goal for myself? I don't know when it'll open up again. And so I've, I've like I have about five open dogs. I have two too many. And try to split up jobs between them, give them something to do. But at the same time, you know, I'm not asking anything very much of my dogs or anything. I, I just have no real focus anymore. How did you reset the goal for yourself, or what was the goal like? Well, when we were in the foot of all, much the same as it is now. We didn't know how long it was going to go on for. We didn't know if it was going to be opened up in a month or two months. So we just didn't know. They've already what the difference between the foot of mouth this time is now that they've already cancelled the World Trail, the Nationals. So we definitely haven't got nothing to look forward to. In the foot of mouth, we didn't know. They they hadn't gone on previously saying the Nationals were cancelled, the International was cancelled. We were going on a monthly basis then, basically. So that's why you kept your dogs fit then, because you didn't know if it was going to restart or not. Uh, I know what you mean. So at least you didn't have to look too far ahead, so you'd kind of have them kind no, of half ready no. there all the time. Yeah. And they they didn't really they didn't really know themselves which way it was going. And basically, they wanted to get rid of the animals. It was like a a government thing. Then they they were happy to get to to kill all these animals out in open hills and nothing. And it was sad sad old times. And because a lot of people then well, it was taking their livelihoods in basically. Yes. And um, and it's much the same now for these shopkeepers. They're having the same type of thing, and small businesses. Yes. a lot of them are not going to start back up, are they? No, and, and like our pubs here, sure, they don't know when they're going to ever be allowed to open again. It could be next year, like, and I don't know how a business survived that. Yeah. No, no, no business. Because they, okay, they're giving you um, a three-month grace on things now, um, on credit cards and things. The people are going out now and spending on those credit cards. In three months' time, they're going to have their heads in their hands because they've got a bill on their end. They'll have to, they'll have to pay it, won't they? Yes. And they got no income coming in. That's the sad part about it. Yeah. 
things have really changed. I, I was thinking back earlier there. I was thinking about the first time I ever met you. And uh, I, I was at a trial down in Tipperary. And sure, you know, I'd start a trial. I was probably trialing a year or two. And, and uh, But th- at this particular trial, there was a couple of Welsh fellas over. And sure, Welsh fellas, they might as well have been coming from New Zealand, from my point of view, you know. Jeez, they were after coming all the way from Wales. And it was yeah, you, yeah. you and Calvin. And did, did you fellas come over here a bit that time? Everyone seemed to know you. And all. We did come down to Tipperary then. Um, there was a dog sale on there at one time then. Um, is it Michael Ryan that organised a sheepdog trail? And I think it was either the second or third year we came over, there was a sheepdog trail, a sheepdog trail and then the dog sale going on. Yes. And... Um, I bought several from Tim Flooden. Aye. And um, they're the best dogs I bought in to move on, and very good then, yes. to be honest. Ah, yeah, so, that's de- deadly. And so, like, that time, I thought yous were coming, you know, uh, you might as well have been crossing the Sahara. But isn't it funny the way things have changed? And now, like, I know you travel around the world a lot there with clinics Well, it has like opened that. up a lot now. There's a, a lot more travelling going on now, as as it is now. Like, um, like the Holland job has come on. We've got the bit between our teeth and we go back to the Belgium Open or the Dutch Open in the summer and the good trails and enjoy it then and good experience for for you as a handler then yes. and um, you get invited to Soldier Hollow and those things and I've, run, I've gone to running blue bath they are a different type of sheep but you adjust yourself to the sheep then yes yes but perhaps your first run is not so good but your second one gets better and, you, and then by the time you've had your third you're, you're into the into the plot then like yeah, well, that's the thing that always interests me about the way handlers are able to adjust for sheep. I, I remember laughing. I was over at your place there back in 2018, and I remember you had you had some blackies there, and I said, "God, uh, Nigel, what are you doing with blackies in Wales? Are they good for schooling on or what?" And, and I remember you saying to me, Paddy, where's the international this year? And sure, it was over <laughs> here, and it was going to be on blackies. But I, I got a big laugh out of that. But I, I always wonder, can you do stuff like that to help yourself adjust for? Do you, do you or would you would you travel around now if, if it was going to be in England or something? Would you go and travel somewhere in school on mules if that's what they were going to be running? Well, you do a bit of both. You do a little bit of travelling when you when like Kevin is very smart and doing his homework and things, and he knows exactly where two years in advance what's coming up then, and um, he's doing his homework and it's all about homework basically, isn't it? Yes. If you you put the groundwork in, you get the results. Isn't it? And and that's what you have to do is just put in put in plenty of preparation for it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, uh, but uh, there's a lot of these young boys now. They're keen, and they and it's this. It's the selling aspect has really took off and made the world small on it on this on the video job as well. Like yes, yes, yeah. When you like, when did you start trialing? What age were you, or how far back was it? I think I started about. I was working dogs from a very young age, and um, I'm training my own dogs and as farm work, but as trialing. I think I was about 13, 13 or 14 when I when I started in oh, the novices. Not much then in the novices. Yes. Um, I know my first year I went out into I went out into um, open trials and I went to open straight away then. So that knocked me out of the novice straight away then. Yes, you were in the deep end then. You had that to... was the first. That was the first time I was in the team at 17 straight then. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and when you started like that, were there fellas to help you? Or did you, like a lot of fellas tell me that in Wales it was tricky to get going because nobody would tell you anything. Is that how it was with you? Um, I, I used to travel a fair bit with Dianique and we used to watch each other, but um, not so much help each other then, but you you study each other working and 
and you pick up a fair bit. And um, I was very friendly with a, a chap called Edwin Daniel, then, which was uh, E.L. Daniel was a very good handler then, and his son David. Yes. But they used to play the cards close to his chest, but you just kept watching them then. Yes. And so soaking it up like a sponge. If you want to learn, if you want to learn, watch the top handlers and. The problem is, like myself, I'm very open. If somebody asks me a question, I'll answer them. Yes. But a lot of the top handlers, handlers won't answer you properly then. Yeah, They'll yeah. only tell you a little bit then. Yeah, especially if it's a good question. <laughs> well, if I find if you haven't got competition, you haven't got a trial of it. So, no. And like, uh, if I don't know, I'll tell somebody if I don't know. But if I do, they do ask me a question, I'll answer them properly then. Yes. And so... Over the course of all that time, because that's going back over a good, you've seen a lot of dogs come and go and a lot of handlers come and go. What's, what do you think, is, have, have dogs changed at all or are they the same thing and we just train them out a bit more? Or are they a different sort of dog now than they were, say, even 20 years ago? I, the, the only thing I see has changed a little bit then. The old-fashioned type of dog is not there now. They're, they're all much of a trend and they, they want this slick-coated, trick-eared, um, flashy turns and things. There's not so much a general farm dog working there. I'll lay the stick to a to a type and he stays to that type. Yes. So most of us have moved on to this flashy type, haven't they? Yes. Uh, have handlers got better or with some of them boys from years ago, would they still be able to stand up today and, and put up competition? Oh yes, the top handlers would be top handlers. It's just it's just that when some some people are keen, they train all the time. We've got the likes of uh, all the top handlers. I don't have to mention names, but they they don't go anywhere unless they're prepared, do they? Yes. They put the groundwork in. Yes. It's like um, it's like I I I laughed to myself when when you did well in the Welsh, in the Irish National. Yes. And on the flat course, and I watched the run, and he went right through the drive, and I thought to myself, he has listened. <laughs> he's gone through on a flat course and turned for a wide turn, but he's, ga- he's gained a lot. Yes. Yeah, so, but for um, for anybody listening, let me just explain that. I, I was talking to Nigel, and I said, Nigel, this course is very flat over here, and I'm not sure, but I was worried about the lift and all, because you couldn't see the dog so well. You couldn't see where how deep he was. And, and you said to me, one thing to watch, Paddy, is when you go through that first drive gates, make sure to over, go through them a little bit, even if it's a bit too much and you and you turn a bit wide. Just play it safe there because it's just too easy to turn in front of them. And uh, and you were in my head when I was going to that drive gate, so I, was, I could hear you telling me. <laughs> always, always make sure you go through far enough before you turn it. Like you can get you can get too confident and it'll just blow back in your face. And you only want one sheep to turn back on you then. Yes. And then it's knock a big hole in it. And I've done it out of experience. Yes. But. Uh, it's it's nice to pass the knowledge on then. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I enjoyed it. I smiled there. Now you were right there with me at the post talking to me when I was doing it. Now it was deadly. Was there any handlers that, that whose style you were attracted to when you were coming up along? Or have you got a certain... Are you able to describe the way you like to hunt a dog or the style that you have? Or would you? maybe you don't know. Maybe it's easier for other people looking in at you. Well, I used to like the way John Thomas used to work. And John Thomas used to work with, with his nice white turns and, and keep everything flowing and... And if you see Alid, he always, he slows it down but keeps everything flowing. So if you can try to adopt, if you've got control and keep everything flowing and it looks nice, yes. it's a pleasure to watch. Because everybody says to me, uh, different, like uh, the boys who are sharp, and uh, what's that dog you're running? And you say, Ben, oh, oh but it looked like Alex. But you, you tend to train in a certain way, so all your dogs at a distance look the same then, because they work the same. 
Ah, yes. And that's, that's you've trained, you've trained into a pattern, you've gone into pace, and the turns, unless you're close and you can see 100%, they're not sure what dog you're running in. Yeah, well, that, I think that, dogs that's... Because you the same type, because you run the same type, they yeah. work to the same pattern in. Yeah, I, I heard somebody say that once about Penn Macta. They said, oh, sure, all these dogs work the same. But it's like you say, that's just a handler style coming through that, that from a distance you're not, you couldn't be 100% sure which dog it is because they're all working to that's the same right. method. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very interesting, but it's the groundwork. Like I, I concentrate more on the sheep than the dog. Yes, I do train the dog for turns and everything, but once my dogs are trained and I've got, I'm trying then to concentrate on the sheep to gear the sheep down in. Yes. You're using the dog to gear the sheep down, but if you haven't got pace on the sheep, you've got no run of you. Yes, and then, so the advantage then of that flowing thing, apart from looking nice, is that the sheep get more predictable for you too, do they? You have like a better hold on them when you have them flowing. Yeah, they respect you better then and you can approach them better. So you, you if you're going to approach them better, you get on with your shed and then you get on with your pen. If, they, if they're frightened with you after you've, you're approaching them into the shedding ring, well, you're, not going to, you're going to lose points on the shed, you're going to lose points on the pen and you may not get to the single. Yes. So you you got to get sheep that if you can get them put the sheep to sleep basically, then you just get get them on a on a nice flowing pace but calm them. Yeah. If you can't lift them properly, if you're chasing them everywhere and cutting your turns, you're finished. Yeah. You're not, yeah. You're throwing points away basically. Yeah, and that, and that's that's what happens to me a lot. There, my dogs are green, and uh, you know the groundwork is not put in right. And you're kind of, you know, it's like driving around and pulling the handbrake instead of just gently pressing the brakes. And so um, I, I don't get to that place where you're talking about, did you want them broke out well enough that you can just concentrate on the sheep? And if the sheep are, are picking up into a bit of a trot, you'll just steady off the dog a bit. And uh, that, uh, well, I'm not there yet because I haven't got that kind of control. Oh, it will come. I mean, the more you run, the better it is. And Kevin's a great steadier of, of dogs and sheep and, He's he studies. He got videos of all the old handlers, then, and he's watching them all and sucking it yeah. in. And basically, it's treating them properly. Then, yes, if you treat the sheep properly, and and you've got a start, you've got a chance. Then, yeah, yeah. A lot of people tell me about years ago about Nigel Watkins's pig, and I just I was watching a video there the other night, DVD at the 2004 International, and I and I caught a glimpse of a, of a very young, fresh looking Nigel there with, and you were there with pig, but um. Can you tell me a bit about her, Nigel, or what was good about her? Why, why do fellas, why do, why are people always telling me about Peg? Well, she she was a type of bitch. She, she could have been a fraction light, but she had the ability to make friends with all types of sheep. They could be as wild as hell. She could take them around at pace and always have the turn. They could be heavy, and she still get the job done for them. Yes. Whatever type of sheep you had in front of her, you could you could adapt to them. Yes. When she was young, don't get me wrong, she was like any other dog, and she'd make up. She was that keen and fast; she'd make him, make him upset. But once she came to the three-year-old mark, which they do settle in the three-year-old, there was you. The trial wasn't won until you've gone then. Yes. Because you could put a run on. Yes. And yes. get it right then. So, like, she made mistakes like every other dog, but she gave you everything, and you'd never mind how how much training, how much grinding you did. She was always there for them. Yes, and I and know. The only uh, dog I've got, the only dog I've got that's coming into line like that now, is the bitch I bred in that um, jazz. She's called. Yes. She's she's a good bitch for the future. I know she's just gone three now, but 
she had done well, I'm sure, in the Continental DNC this year, then if it had been on, then it's pretty it got cancelled. Yes. Because it's, it's taken me now, till now to get my own fault. I trailed her a little bit too soon to see what she was. And then she got a little bit excited, but now I've got her under the cosh now. She's she's a good thing then. Yes. Now, and the same type of thing, never mind how much I pressure I put on or how hard I am, they just come back for more. Like, Oh, yeah. And enjoy it. Yes, yes. Love that willing yeah, attitude. That's the type brilliant. you're looking for all the time, then. And there's not many of them out there, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is what, like, you get, you have a good selection of young dogs. You see a lot of them coming and going, and, and you sell on dogs, and you be getting dogs for people. But when you're looking for dogs for yourself, like, you sort of mentioned it there, but what, what is it that you're attracted to? What are the things that you get excited about when you see in a dog? Well, I, I, want, I want them to be keen, sharp, Wanting to listen, but still keeping you on your toes all the time. If you're not on your toes and you're working, if you were falling asleep because the dog is a little bit slack here and there or whatever, you won't put a good run up. But if you, you've got to be in contact with that dog all the time, just pressing the buttons, it keeps you flowing then. Yes. It keeps you sharp and alert then. But if you're going around with a slack old dog, that's when your shed goes wrong or you slip up the side of the pen then, because you're not switched on then. They've got to keep you alive then, basically. I think that's a lovely, lovely description. So you want one that's there and he's with you and all the rest of it, but you have to be on the ball because he could he could trick you too and, and mess up something if you're not paying attention. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah keep you going. Keep you good and awake, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying there. I like that description there. Somebody else told me there... Uh, I was talking to, and he said, he said, there's a thing you might know about Nigel Watkins. He said, he's a very, very good stockman. And, and his sheep, if you ever see his flock of sheep, they're a lovely flock of sheep, and they're all lovely and consistent and all. Do, do you enjoy sheep, Nigel? Do you enjoy stock? Yes, I enjoy, I, like I take, uh, when I came, when I was younger, I was, my father was the farm manager then, so we didn't have much control of the sheep, what type they wanted. So we knew how to look after and everything. But when I came across to West Wales, then I ended up, I ended up meeting up with Jonathan, and we had, um, we got a flock of sheep there then, and um, they were the white type of Cheviot sheep. So yes. I learned what what they were supposed to be like from from other stockmen, and and then I take pride in them, try to keep on like peas in the pod, then to look the same. Then. Yes. And basically, that's what they are. Is they very uniform then? Yes. You look back on 2008. World Trail, and we supplied the sheep there, then, and um, every every top handler commented on them. They were great sheep to handle them. Yes, yes. So they responded to the dog, and they were fit and healthy then. And they find out the bad dog straight away. But if it was a good dog in behind them, you're up for a good run. Like oh yeah, they're a lovely sort of sheep to be running on. And and how do you get him so consistent, or how do you keep him? Like the fellow was telling me, he said they nearly all look the same and everything. Like. You must be very careful well, about how you like select brands. When I prepared for for the World Trail, they was they were getting pulled out six weeks before then. Yes. They were pulled out in the shed at first. If I didn't like the look of that type of sheep, she was pulled out. Check, try to check her eyes, but you do have problems with them. They can get banged about in the pens and things. And then you're you're keen on their feet, and then you move them in bunches. Yes. And if there's anything playing up or that can't move, can't flow with it with the other sheep. Got, say you got a bad lens or something, they they marked and pulled out then. Yes. So it's when you supply in sheep for nationals and things like that, you need to do the groundwork, not just gather a bunch of sheep up and plonk them in the pen. Because 
when you got the internationals or the nationals, everybody relies on that win. If you give somebody bad sheep, then I don't care what how good handler they are, they don't get the luck. Yes, yes. You got to have you got to start off on a on a level playing field, which which sometimes is unfair, and you don't get a level playing field. Yes. But if you have a level playing field, you see the top boys coming through. Then. Yeah. So they will. They will pull the runs off then. Yeah. No, so and it's, it's no it's, luck then. It's, it, there's no luck involved then. It's pure class then coming through then. Yeah. No, and there's nothing nicer than a national or an international or a world trial where everything is consistent and you can compare like with like and you're not saying afterwards, oh, well, if and he was unlucky there and he got a bad bunch and it's just lovely when they're consistent and, and you, it's up to you then as a handler. I remember Stuart Davison coming to me in the world trial 2008. He said, I'm number one. Yes. I'm not looking forward to it. Yes. Said, you look after the sheep and you'll qualify. Yes. And that man was was he second or third in the in the in the final. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So he came to me after he ran. He said you were dead right. I did exactly what you told me to do, and I'm I'm qualified. Yes. So no, I'll just treat it. Be be kind to him, and the sheep will be kind to you. Yes. And that's that's what he did. I said you you rough him up once, and they'll never forgive you. They'll be gone. Yes. Yes. So, but um, it's just if you handle the sheep sheep properly. And give the sheep time and respect. They'll respect you then. Yeah. If if they read right, if they 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 treated right all all year round, then basically, like yeah. you can. I'm not saying you can grab sheep and cool them down straight away. Then you can do it. You can make the best of a bad job, but the sheep have got to be prepared properly to go to to these big events. And basically, yes. give everybody the same the same chance on a level playing field. Yeah, and well, and handlers have so much invested with their dogs and with their time and everything there, and getting there maybe from all corners. Uh, it's lovely yeah. to be able to pull up a fair thing like that. And yeah, yeah, Mayor, how will this year affect you now with dogs? For for uh, like, you know, if if we get back trial next year now, will the year matter to your dogs? Are they right kind of age, or what does it mean oh, for you? Oh, mine are right. Well, um, I've got two, three-year-olds, uh, a four-year-old, and and the dog, the dog is coming eight. Yes. So the dog coming eight, well, he might last another year. You don't know, but the 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 three year olds and the four year olds, they're okay. They'll manage that. Then. Yeah, typically. It's a matter to try to keep them fit now. Then it's all in case something comes on. Then. And typically, when are you thinking of like when you look at a, a competitive top end dog? What are you thinking of in terms of his lifespan, or what what age do you kind of retire him at, or what are you thinking that way? I don't know. They're all quite they're all quite differently, but I. I was very lucky with Jodie then. She ran until she was 10, look. Yes. Uh, Peg ran until she was 10. Yes. So perhaps it's the type of dog I run that they're really enthusiasm for sheep then. They'll go that year or two longer then. I know some people will only, they finished at seven, but it all depends how how much mental pressure's on them, I think, then, and how much they ground them down. Yes. It's just got to try to, um, every dog is different, you know, because they can pick up an injury and they could be joints or back hurting it. It all depends on, on the dog at the end of the day, but I've been lucky to keep my my dogs older and floss run until she was 10. And so um, I, I'm lucky on, on getting that extra two years out of them. And you, at last two years, you probably win a lot more then. Yes, yes. And you that's a wise uh, old dog with you then, then instead, of, instead of a green young dog then. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, you're a few years making them. It's nice to get as much as you can out of them when you have the big investment at the start. Yeah, but like. then, then you fall in the trap then that you're running the old one and not leaving a youngster come through then. Yeah. So, some days I'll leave the old ones in and take youngsters with me. 
perhaps you won't win, but you'll you'll get in the frame there somewhere, fifth or sixth. But yeah. you are improving the youngster then. Like. Yeah, you're developing them on. And do you find with older dogs? Because I've never really had him. Bruce, my dog there now, is six and a half. He's the oldest dog, the oldest dog I've run in trials or anything. But when they get on a bit, like when they get up around eight, do you have to be careful how you train him or school well, him? Well, you've got to start training him like a youngster again then. Do you? An older dog, an older dog, everybody says, oh, you don't need much training. You never show the old dogs new tricks. You won't show him new tricks, but if you don't, if you don't go back to basics, they'll get lazy. Will they, older. will they start they, think, they, they get smarter but you've got to drill them in like a youngster then to make sure the turns are right and the stops are right yeah when they get a bit um, older Nigel do they start cheating a bit that's right so yeah. you've got to, you've got to you, you think oh he's an old dog he don't need much he needs as much time then as a youngster yes. getting him fit then and getting him mentally prepared then. oh yeah that's that's good and that's interesting to hear now because I was wondering um, I just didn't know I was thinking is all you, do you just keep him fit or what do you do with him I wasn't sure what had happened but uh, that's interesting. Here's a question now. I may or may not leave it in the interview, and uh, you can answer it whatever way you like. It's, I saw you there, and well, I saw that you were second with Peg in 2005 in the World Trial. Now, second in the World Trial is a fairly big deal. I, I'd love to be second in the World Trial sometimes. But is it hard? Was that brilliant, or is it hard coming second? Because like, uh, I, I don't know what that oh, feels like. Oh, I only lost it by fractions of points then. Yes. It was a strange old world trial because out of the 16 qualifiers, I was the only one to clutch the cross drive and put the sheep through the cross drive. Yes. So basically, everybody thought I had it in the bag, but when it came out, I'd lost it by that fraction of points. But you just got to take it. Um, I think there were three three judges for me, one against and another one against. And the only reason I was told then, four years later, why I, I lost it, when I shed the plane sheep off and ended up with the collars left in the ring. The the chap who was against me was called John Thomas and yeah. he sat at my kitchen table and told me why he took the points off. He went back into the shedding point and took points off. Yes. He said that I chased the sheep too far away and was wasting time. Oh. But I like I told him that was my time to waste, not your time. Yes, I didn't. He said, oh, that. I wasn't happy with that so I went back into the shedding ring and took more points off you. So basically because I drove the uncollared sheep away too far down the field he went back into the shedding shedding points and took no points off me yes because he thought that I was wasting time yes instead of getting on with the pen yes basically it's my time but the sheep were so in that world trial the sheep were so tricky to pen you needed enough room in case one bolted to have breathing space then yes to make it safe so that's the only reason why I did it then but um it was just the one one judge was was harder on me than the other three. Then, and what does, basically, what does I would have won it. Yeah, what does that feel like, or or how do you resolve that, or do you just put it aside? You in your can't. Head you just got to move on. Yeah, I've been second. I've been second in several Supremes. Then, basically, in my own mind, I've won it, but I have not it because yes. one judge again has just been leaning the other way a little bit, and um, but you just got to move on. You can't let them grind you down. You got to carry on and. That's their opinion, and you've got to take it, and you've got to move on. Yeah, yeah, and, and of course, sure, somebody has to be second, but I always just thought yeah. second is a hard place. Like uh, even It is a hard place, but you just, you can't think about it. If you, if you dwell on it, you won't have nothing, so you can't dwell on it. Yes. Quinta Master was a good man, always. 
be thankful where you come and just go home and train. Don't yes. don't 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 squeal about it. Go home and train. Yes. And that's and that I've seen Stuart Davison in Stranra come into me when when I was thirty three points ahead in Stranra and I only needed one more in the shed and yes. they disqualified me. Yes. And they dis- disqualified me for man and dog and sheep being out the shedding at the same time and that's not even in the rule book. Yes. <laughs> they disqualified me. Yes. Which was rubbish. Yes. It was basically two people got it in their head that I shouldn't have been outside the ring in the shedding ring. Instead of taking all my shed or a big chunk of the shed, they disqualified me. And I was 33 points ahead then. But uh, Stuart Davison came to me and said, don't say anything. Just yeah. stay nothing and carry on. And that's what I did. Like, yeah, it's, quite, it's quite humble to take it then, but you learn... I learn a lot by it. Smile and take it. Just smile and take it on the chin. And it's competition, and that's it. You just got to move on. You get on. One day they come and the wheel will stop on you, like when it. Yeah, there's there's the thing I want to ask you about with judging, and I know sure judging. You could talk about judging from now till next week, but I see funny things there. Like I see people maybe taking points for over commanding or. Uh, well, what's what's your opinion, say, on things like overcommanding and things like that? I'd be thinking, but say you're one with the, where where you run the sheep out of the ring. I'd be thinking, well, I don't have to punish you. The clock will punish you too. You know, it's taking pi- time off. That's right. There. Other things are going to do it for me, like. Well, when I'm judging, as long as people are not abusing their dog and not abusing the sheep, whatever they do wrong is costing them. Yes. So you don't over have to overcost them. You only got to take what you see. Yes. And yes. you end up with the same result for the same man. The same man win if they if they done it properly. They win if the ones who have they might be overcommanding. As long as they're not abusing anything, they're losing points. So it's their own worst enemy by overcommanding. Perhaps yes, they lose points for me. Yes, but you got to. I don't. It doesn't bother me who's in front of me. I will take what I see, and they they do enough wrong. You don't have to look for more. Yes, it's always that. There's never a perfect run, as you know yourself. Yes, and there's always enough. You always got to make room for the one who, who who does it better in the next month. So if you don't take enough at the start, I don't mean take enough at the start, but if you you can't be too kind yes. and you can't be too hard because that that run might be the winning run. Yes. But you always got to make sure if something's gone wrong, you've got to take half, you've got to take one or two. There's always somebody could be better, so you've got to make sure. Yes. That you've taken you've taken what you've seen then. Yeah, that's you uh, like you. Big, big mad, mad chunks, and you just got to be continuous and with a nice pattern to it. Then. Yeah, I, stay I, on the same pattern. I I could often take a point for a pen that could be argued was clean, but I'd just be thinking, you know, there's a fellow can do that cleaner, so I can't give him eleven for it. So I better just leave leave a ten there for for the real perfect one. Like it all depends. Like if the sheep are walking quietly to the pen, and then the mum turns them around in a complete circle. They haven't gone out to the triangle uh, of where the dog is covering the things. But if man has caused it on quiet sheep, well, you can be looking for the point. Yeah. But if the sheep are wild and the man has done a tremendous job, why punish him for doing a tremendous job? Yes. There's two situations to look at it then. Yes. If the sheep are quiet and the man is upsetting it, well, he deserves to lose the point. Yes. But if the sheep are wild and the man is saving it, man and dog are saving everything, why punish men for doing good jobs? Yes. So there's two ways to look at it then. Yes. But as long as you're fair, I'm fair to yourself in your own mind, and then you aren't going to go and explain yourself to anybody, you've done a good job. Yes. As long then, as you're happy with what you've done, and you can face everybody, 
But the man who comes to explain to you why he's done this, he's not happy what he's done. Yes. If you don't have to explain yourself to anybody, you're happy what you've done. Yeah. You've made the decision, you've been fair to everybody on that day, and you're happy. And that's how it should be. If you were able to do it all over again, Nigel, have you any regrets or is there anything you'd like to change? Or is there, well, I'm sure you'd rather like a change a second into a first here and there, but when you look back, are you kind of happy with the whole deal? Or should you have made more of dogs or should you have made more of an opportunity somewhere or anything like that? I wish I'd started on the, the dog world sooner rather than um, going off to work and landscaping and, and only putting a little bit more time, little, little bits of time into dogs. And, but life is different. But um, if I had, had it all over again, I would produce produce better dogs and, and be with them all the time then. Yes. That's yes. the only thing I would have would have changed in. But um and I'd probably been about abroad a lot sooner than when I went then. I didn't get to uh, out abroad until I was in the in the two thousands then. Yes. But I probably have been out abroad then in the nineties then, ten, ten, twelve years sooner then. Yes. It takes you all over the world, you meet all different people and make make all new friends or whatever and and you get a lot of respect for doing the job right then. Yes. And if you do everything right, even when you put in the trial on, you prepare the sheep, people leaving out. doesn't matter who, who's coming to the peg. Put the sheep in the same place for everybody and try to put it right. And then you won't get to answer to anybody. Everything is running fine and everybody's happy. Yes. Yes, you'll get the odd problems, but you don't you don't cause the problem. The problem pops up and you try to, to repair it as best you can. Yes. And it's up to the judges end on the bottom if he thinks this, uh, the man on top has not fair sheep or something and he wants to give him a reason, well, that's out of your control. But if you put sheep out properly and, and prepare properly, if you know there's a wrong sheep in there or, or a blind sheep, just put a mark in it and don't put it out in it because, because that spoils that man's run, whoever it is. Then. Yeah, yeah. So if you do things right, like I've got no regrets. I've, I've done everything I've... I train. I don't expect anything given to me. I train and earn every every point I do, and I try to treat when I'm judging. Treat everybody the same. Doesn't matter. Like I am got no enemies. I, nobody nobody bothers me in the in the dog world. I'm happy. I'm happy to run against them all. Yes. And I'm happy for everybody to have good run. So yes. when I'm judging, it doesn't matter who comes up in front of me. It can be the queen. She'll have the same points off as anybody else. Yes. And yes. that's it. So be fair to it. Be fair to yourself and be fair to everybody, and you'll, you'll get on then. Yeah, let the, let the chips fall where they may. After that, so you see differences in all your in your dogs. Some days, some days, does does one dog just have the right strategy over another, or the right method over another dog? Like, yeah, that's right. Well, um, when I run Alex in 2017, yeah, those sheep like better in his mouth, like me. Yeah, he, he could do what he liked to them. Yeah. I he, I he was the dog for those sheep on that day, like. But in 2017, I I never forget that supreme, because I saw you there and you were you were probably the first or the second man out, maybe you were the first man out, and first man out, yeah. Uh, and I saw you there and you got around the course now, but in the shedding ring then you had to work like hell there. Maybe you had to do a bit of work on your turn back as well, but you had a lot of work to do in the shedding ring, and I was sort of thinking, ah, this this run isn't going to feature. I'm sorry now, I had you kind of written off like. And uh, yeah, yeah. and but I saw the determination in you, Yehor, and you wouldn't give up and all. And the next thing you got them all shed, and the next thing you got them all penned. And so then that evening, I could see that look at Nigel is third there. He's third in the supreme with Alex, 
And yeah. I've learned something that day now. I just I really admired your tenacity. And now, of course, you... never say day, never say day. Keep going. Yeah. Well, that proved it to me there now that. Uh, and another another thing you need to think about. If somebody's getting somebody's grinding on you a little bit, or Paddy's dog this, or Paddy's dog that. They're only grinding on you for a reason, because you're doing well. Yes. Don't let them grind you down. So, so a bit of grinding is a good sign, is it? A bit of grinding is a good sign. Yeah, you're getting. If they, you're get... if they worried about, if they worried about Nigel Watkins or Paddy Fanning. We're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. If, if they wasn't worried about you, they wouldn't hear about Paddy Fanning or, or Nigel Watkins. All right, so I'll, I'll start looking forward that, to hearing that, a bit that, about that. That is the difference. That is the difference. Your day, when your day comes, nobody will be able to spoil it. Yes. Nobody, because it'll be it, it'll be done and over. You're walking off the course, and you've already done it before you realise you've done it. Yes. So, and that's why I won, I won some national runs, and I've walked off, and everybody's saying, you know, that's a tremendous run, and you you finished it before you realise you've done it. But that's what I'm saying. When your day comes, nothing can nothing can touch you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, right, mister. Yeah, that's good. Thanks no for that. No problem at all. Anytime, buddy. See you soon. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. So thanks for listening. I hope this interview has sparked some new ideas for you. If you want to support Churchmen and to learn more about us and how we train dogs, you can become a Patreon subscriber over at our website at churchmansheepdogs.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Churchman Sheepdogs.